Welcome to Coffee and Change. I'm Bill Kirst. As a business professional, a U.S. veteran, a lifelong learner, and an active listener, I help others navigate, understand, and adapt to our ever-changing workplace and world. As a third culture kid, I call many places home. Presently, Seattle is where I explore my creativity through the power of words and images. In this podcast, we journey with our guests, gaining knowledge and inspiration from their stories. Over a decade ago, I had the opportunity to meet and mentor two incredible consultants who were just starting out their careers at IBM in Washington, D.C. Together, we created a family-like environment and worked like we were in a startup, always having each other's back and hyper-focused on the mission our daily work supported. That mission was to protect the U.S. Joint Warfighter and the military's digital infrastructure around the world. In this episode, you will hear from Matt Hennessy and Kristen Mullery, two inspirational humans whose commitment to service has grown to benefit veterans and global communities around the world. It was an honor to take a walk down memory lane with these two guests and echo their story of change in the world. Enjoy the conversation. Well, let me begin, firstly, by saying uh, happy St. Patrick's Day to both of you, because uh, we've got a Hennessy and a Mullery <laughs> on the uh, on the uh, podcast today. So so um, happy St. Patrick's Day to both of you. Um, and before we uh, jump in to do a little bit of introductions, I'll kind of just start off by setting the scene, which is I've had the pleasure and honor of knowing these two amazing individuals for gosh, it's over a decade now, I think. I mean, you guys might have to remind me on the math, but um, I had the honor of working with both of them at IBM. Um, I think kind of in the beginning stages of their career, and it's amazing to reunite with them here on the podcast and hear, firstly, how um, how their journey has been over the past decade plus and uh, where they're at now. So with that, um, Kristen, I'll start with you and have you just do a little bit of an introduction, um, who you are, what you do, and where you're at. Sure. Um, so Kristen Mullery, as you mentioned, you were my first team lead as I started my career right out of grad school, and IBM was my first stop. Little did I know that it would be almost 12 years that I would stay at IBM, and you guys left before me, and I'm sure you might have thought I would never leave IBM, but shockingly, at the end of last year, I left IBM um, a little bit of a full circle moment and started a relatively new and different career with Gartner, actually. So um, over those 10 years, I think you've seen me ha get married, have kids, buy a house, like all the life things, um, but it's been a wild ride. And so this is kind of a new chapter for me. 
excited to be here talking to you guys. Awesome. Thank you, Kristen. I appreciate it. Yeah. And there, is, there has been a lot of life that's happened in, uh, in, in chapters. Uh, Matt, over to you. Yeah, I think similarly, uh, and early on uh, shaping set of experiences together with with both of you, uh, and it and it, if my math is also correct, Bill, it has been uh, over a decade uh, that we've known each other. Now, I think dating back to 20, 2010 or twenty eleven, at least sometime around that that period of time. So, um, certainly had a, a lot of great uh, and different things happen since then, but. Uh, also, you know, was lucky enough to to start early on with with you and Kristen at, at IBM, um, and am am now on my sixth different city uh, that I've lived in in the last uh, ten or twelve years here since since that time. So definitely a lot of change on on my end. Um, I'm actually getting married next month, um, which is super exciting. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think we've got all the big structural things in place at this point, so we're a little bit in in uh, you know landing mode here, and um, you know, talking about about change, just just some really big life events uh, for for all of us. Awesome, thank you, thank you, Matt. Yeah, and I think first of all, congratulations on that. I know that Kristen and I are super excited for you um, as well because you and uh, you know Jeff and I were all at Kristen's wedding too, so. Uh, great, great memories there. Um, so I'd like to take us back, if you, if you're both okay with this, to take us back to kind of when uh, the three of us met. Um, and I might have the details a little bit wrong, so you guys can fill in a little bit. But I believe all three of us met on the same project. So Kristen, you had mentioned I was a team lead, um, and that project was for uh, an entity of the, the military. Um, and the organization was called the Information Technology Agency, probably the most generic, mundane, uh, non-agency title you can imagine. Um, but essentially what that agency did was manage the data center for the Pentagon uh, and all of the tenants and customers that interfaced in the um, you know, greater DC Beltway region. Am I correct in that? Um, Kristen, did I get that right? <laughs> 100%. I mean, we first met at a, what, corner bakery in Arlington, if you want to get super specific. But yes, our first project was Army ITA, good old Army ITA. Yeah. And um, and then I'm trying to remember. Yeah. So I do, I do remember meeting probably at a corner bakery or a Cozy or a Zando or whatever they were called back then in D.C., um, and was ITA your first project, Kristen? It was my first project, yeah. I didn't even know okay. what consulting was at the time, and nor did I know what strategic communications was, but hey, learned a lot. <laughs> and Matt, what about you? Was was that your first project, or you had, you had done a few at that point? I, I had done a few at that point, uh, primarily having worked uh, on a Channel strategy project for uh, for the U.S. Postal Service, um, which, funny enough, actually is is coming around in my life uh, again, um, having uh, done some work recently for a direct mail uh, producer, and um, who, who all were very excited that I had a lot of great uh, industry lingo and uh, and sort of knew what I was talking about around around mail processing. Um, so some really shaping experiences that that continue to uh, pay dividends for me, I, I suppose I could say in the, in the nicest way, um, early mm -hmm. on, but, uh, but yeah, it was not my first one, but, uh, certainly one of the most impactful ones from, from my career. 
Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the the Postal Service because I was thinking about how many people we know that worked on that very large program. And a few of those people are actually now at Microsoft with with me, not with me, but you know we we are in the same uh, company, obviously, and it's pretty amazing to see uh, their careers. Um, I find it interesting how much technology has changed, even the postal system, because when I made my most recent move to where I live now, you know we signed up for the like change your address kind of thing, forward your mail, and one of the things you can do is it actually scans every piece of mail you get, and you get a picture in your email before you even get the mail. And I thought to myself, uh, wow, I, I never kind of imagined that. But then again, we also get a lot of mail that you end up not using, right? Like it's a lot of junk mail. And so I was like, ah, you know, I wish we could just eliminate that. But um, nobody's cracked that code yet. Um, so, Kristen, you mentioned strategic communications. What we three did, and I can honestly say, looking back on it now, we were kind of like our own little startup, um, the three of us uh, in that in that entity and in that organization. So. Um, Kristen, can you describe sort of like you said, you had never knew what strategic communications was as you were going into it and it was your first project. So can you describe like what you thought it was when you were kind of piecing stuff together and then what it turned out to be? So what I thought it was, I mean, I guess it's not that far off. I thought like I was going to be writing some messages or, you know, like writing emails or um, putting together decks. And ITA was going through a pretty big transformation at the time. And so it really kind of blew up a bit. I mean, there were, um, you know, the external communications pieces that I hadn't really thought about. Like we did a like press releases. Um, We were doing customer tours of the Pentagon, which like never would have thought that, first of all, I would be led into the Pentagon. Second, being giving tours of data centers as like a 23-year-old post-grad to these very senior military folks. Um, And then, of course, some of the, of course, tailored messaging and stuff like that. But it was pretty incredible how much we were able to accomplish. We sat in that little pod of desks and I feel like I would just lean over to poor Matt like 17 times a day to ask him questions. (laughs) And he never got annoyed with me and we made it work and we were a really good team. I think we all had uh, complementary skill sets that just helped us really crush crush the goals and initiatives that we were tackling. Yeah, it was, um, it was certainly an amazing time. I'm curious, Matt, um, you you were probably the resident expert, I guess, when even I arrived. Um, and so you probably taught me a lot as well. And if I close my eyes, I'm having sort of mini nightmares about SharePoint sites and <laughs> distribution <laughs> list. But uh, I'm curious, what was it like for you as we formed this pod is a great word, right? The three of us were kind of this pod. Um so do you remember what it was like kind of early days and then how it how it formed over the time that because I think I think the three of us worked together for a couple years at least, right? Um, I, I think it was at least one full year, uh, maybe a, maybe a little bit longer than that, um, because I uh, ended up going to Afghanistan directly following the work that, that we did there, which, um, yeah, talking about coming in and, and expectations, you know, this was probably my first major interaction with the military. Um, you know, I grew mm-hmm. up in Massachusetts, um, which doesn't have a large military presence and a lot of military exposure, which 
uh, now having lived uh, a couple of places in the country has been a really interesting um, uh, experience for me, just seeing how different that is in, in terms of life, but also, um, you know, the, the connection that I have with, with so many people who have worked in and around the military um, personally, including some of my now closest friends. Um, but, you know, I, I think a lot of the, the aspects around the team and the pod mentality both drew from um, a, an explicit, uh, I, I suppose, you know, ethos or set of principles that were driven down from to us by some of our project leadership around trying to create, uh, and this word gets overused in a lot of contexts. I was thinking about this before we, we got on of creating a family type environment. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I don't mean that to say in the sense of everybody has to love each other. Um, I, I think we very fortunately got to know each other very well and, and do uh, have a really strong uh, affiliation with each other. But, you know, what that meant to me was really just taking care of each other um, and looking out for each mm-hmm. other. And I think that's one of the things that as each of us came into the project and ended up working together, that that was something that we very quickly bonded over was this, you know, opportunity to take care of each other, uh, opportunity to take care of, of others around us. Um, and that was really dictated by, you know, the work that we were doing as well, which was all about, really marketing and messaging and, and communicating, um, you know, to customers that we were taking care of them as, as an organization as well. And I think it's just something that was inherent in the work that we were doing, as well as the design of our team that, um, that enabled that and, and really um, is what allowed us to, to bond together in, in a unique way. Yeah. And I think, you know, as you describe it, I'm remembering how much, um, Right, like you said, ethos and like truly what we were doing was so mission oriented, right? I mean, if you think about it, each of us came in every day and yeah, there was a lot of things we had to do, but at the end of it, sort of on the on the other end of all our work was supporting the joint warfighter around the world, right? So all, all branches of the military, um, entire joint staff, right? making sure that their communications and their um, collaboration and their connectivity was um, not only sufficient, but secure, right? And so some of the, some of the memories that I have from that time, um, which, which were pretty, you know, outstanding at the time, were, were two things. One is um, understanding when we would take folks on a tour of, you know, parts of the Pentagon um, or the Pentagon data center, understanding in that tour how many threats the Pentagon network got every second. And I don't know if, if you all remember that portion of the tour that we used to have to give, but oh, it yeah. was it was mind-blowing, right? And and you think you think like, wait, you're telling me that every second, like I think there were hundreds of thousands, if I recall, attempts to attack, infiltrate, um, you know, denial of service, these systems. And um and the importance of every single person that was working to keep that network secure. Um, the other thing I remember, which was really fascinating, was we were kind of there, as you said, Matt, you know, around the time of, uh, you know, prior to cloud computing, we were kind of on that shift, right? So there was a lot of on-prem or on-premises computers and, um, you know, computers and towers under people's desks and tucked away in closets in the Pentagon. 
And one of my most memorable moments, and I think I think both of you were with me at the time, or maybe Kristen, you and I were together at the time, but we were essentially told that we needed to conduct an audit of every device and machine in the Pentagon <laughs> and and take away what was called shadow IT, right? So so the concept being that you have the official sanctioned technology that were that were people are using, which was starting to kind of be in this distributed model in the cloud. And then people had their their handy dandy tower that was under the desk that was tucked away, probably behind a, uh, a space heater that was also illegal <laughs> in the Pentagon, um, which saved some sort of database or spreadsheets or something. And I remember thinking, how are we going to do this? I mean, every physical piece of equipment had an asset tag on it, and I believe the person we worked with told us that we were <laughs> we were to go and. Um, write down every single one of those and tell people that we were taking it away from them and then assure them that their data was going to be fine in the cloud. Kristen, do you remember what I'm talking about? <laughs> um, I feel like I've blocked out part of this experience, but yes, I do recall the ex the request and feeling like this is very insurmountable and how are we going to do this? But um, it was just one of those things that we just banded together. But I do relate so much to, I think, obviously, this was my first experience in consulting first government project. And I think it was the impetus for my entire career being like mission focused. Since that first project, every I've always exclusively worked with government agencies and just loved that we've been able to support them in their mission and just have found um, it to be such a fulfilling experience. And when I was, you know, 23 coming out of college, it was hard to really understand how big what we were doing was. But now, you know, over a decade later for each project that I've been on, and I'm sure you've all been on, you look back and you're like, wow, we really did make an impact. And it's not just in the relationships we still have, but we were, helping at least in a tiny, tiny way, these massive organizations accomplish like just such incredible things. But um, yeah, that was that that one project. I, I, I remember feeling like well, we're never going to accomplish this. <laughs> How is this going yeah. to happen? Um, and pretty. Yeah. And then and then you went on to um, and I'll, I'll sort of tie this back in, but you went, you ended up going on to other projects at uh, Veterans Affairs. Is that right? Yeah, we did a little bit of a stint for my first VA project together. Um, right. speaking, speaking of SharePoint and knowledge management tools, uh, but I eventually made it a, another full circle moment back to the VA, uh, helping support their shared services solution that IBM runs as a, a commercial provider, a shared services provider. So VA was, or still is, IBM's largest customer. And so um, a pretty amazing project to be on. It's a team that just has taken my heart and I, I love them all so much. I had a very hard time leaving them. Um, but talk about a team who just understands the mission. It's so important to everybody on the program, um, supporting our veterans and making sure that they're taken care of and that they're, they're able to get paid and just incredible program. Yeah, like truly life-changing work in it. As a veteran myself, um, thank you for doing that. That was one of the I mean, there were many projects we got to work on that were really near and dear to my heart, but that one specifically for the VA 
early days, as you mentioned, setting up, um, you know, human resources, community of practices, um, communities of interest, collaborating across different regions and hospital centers and agency, you know, entities and divisions. Um, I still think back to those days very fondly because it was kind of the early days of Web 2.0, right? We were trying to get people to think about this new way of working. Um, and, and right around the same time, Matt, you, as you mentioned, went to Afghanistan. So you ended up taking a project that not only took you um, out of the Pentagon, but it took you to literally the other side of what we were servicing with the warfighters and the people on the ground. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know that was certainly a life-changing experience for you, um, your, your family, your friends, and certainly it continues to be so, as you mentioned, being not too far from like Fort Bragg and other places. Yeah, I think I was chuckling to myself just just thinking about this and uh, thinking about the the world that we lived in 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 2011, 2012. I, I, I think that was the time period uh, when we were really working closely together and how butts in seats that environment was and, and just laughing, uh, thinking about a a meeting that I was late to because I got stuck on the, the metro heading to the Pentagon from, from where we were working and having to run through the Joint Chiefs uh, area of the Pentagon. And, and, you know, somebody must have looked at me like, who is this this kid that is sprinting through the hallway? There must be some, you know, uh, a disaster happening somewhere. And how easily that would have just been mitigated by, you know, setting up a Zoom or a Teams call or something like that at the time. Uh, but going from an environment where it was like so imperative for us to be together in person and so committed uh, from, you know, the leadership of our client at that time to, to be in person talking about that. And then, as you said, kind of jumping to the other side of the world um, and uh, actually very fortunately having a, a very well-equipped technology environment over there. Um, including VoIP phones and access to internet and things like that, but uh, unrestricted relative uh, freedom of movement and um, just the juxtaposition was was really significant, but also the kind of interaction model around that. But but still uh, factoring in those same important level importance levels around you were talking about mission and um, you know support for uh, for kind of a belief behind that, which which still carried through and I think made that equally as transformative uh, carrying through from, from that experience. But um, yeah, just, just a very wild, um, you know, 180 for me personally, I, I know that's not all that uncommon for a lot of people that uh, are in the military or certain military to, to go from uh, sort of a quieter life of working at home to, to being deployed in theater. But um, yeah, it was a really massively transformative opportunity for me, but um, I think that was something that I, I recall talking with, with both of you about prior to doing that. And um, I think going back to the sort of support and team ethos things that were just, uh, hey, absolutely no question. This is something that you should do, that you have to do, that you know seems really aligned to the things that, that you care about and the way that you want to develop and grow yourself. Um, and I think I've been able to realize a lot of that over the last number of years and certainly look back on that. But, you know, the foundation behind that was having the commitment and trust of, of people that I cared about that said, yeah, this, this, you know, could be and, and will be, you know, knock on wood, a really great thing for you. And we support you hundred percent behind that. So, um, yeah, all in all, a really, really remarkable uh, experience. And 
certainly worked with a, a really, really great team there as well, which I was really lucky to step into um, and, you know, to knock it out of the park two for two on, on teams right in a row is, is not an, uh, uh, a thing that always happens in consulting, I feel like. So it, it, it's mm-hmm. certainly very, very lucky to me. And when you were there, oh, sorry, go ahead, Kristen. I was just going to say, I can imagine the visual of you in your perfectly pressed, super nice suit running through the Joint Chiefs of Staff wing of the Pentagon because you were always just dressed perfectly. Also can remember myself, I don't know if you ever experienced this, running up the Roslyn um, escalator to to get Mm -hmm. to your desk by 8 a.m. I think I was in the best shape of my life when we were on that program. Um, but also just talking about our team dynamic, my first experience with the team, I think I have thought about our team dynamics so much throughout my career because I thought it was such a good example of just such a nurturing, supportive environment. Like you, I agree, you don't find that everywhere. And I know we all have been on programs where we haven't felt that, but it's something that like, as I, you know, grew my own teams have tried to emulate and find people of similar characteristics as we've, we created on that team, like within our team to just offer that to others, especially new consultants. Cause I think we were, I know Matt, you probably feel the same way that I feel like I was able to thrive um, because of the environment that you Bill, you helped create for us this environment where it was like, you can do anything. And, if you fail, it's okay because I'm here to support you. So um, just such an incredible first consulting experience and project experience for me that I know you gave a nod to um, just there, Matt, but I wanted to reemphasize. Yeah, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. And, and, and you know, hear, hearing this, hearing this, it's, it's interesting because it feels like it was just yesterday, right, that we were in kind of cubicle farms um, where I experienced my first earthquake. I don't know if you remember that one. Um, sure do. We were in... Alexandria, right? Um, and I had never been in an earthquake before. And uh, we were uh, at the office, and uh, all of a sudden the building started shaking. And I think somebody said, "Oh no, that's just them moving a filing cabinet," because there was a move going on at the time. <laughs> and the three of us—I will never forget—the three of us did not wait around to be told what to do. <laughs> the three of us went downstairs and got out of the building. And at one point, you know, we were all. Uh, standing outside and there was the security guard outside and um, we were in the parking lot, I think. And the security guard kind of said, all clear, everybody can go back in. And I think Matt, you and I jokingly said, I'm pretty sure you don't have a degree in civil engineering, nor architecture, (laughs) nor, uh, you know, geology, and for that matter. So I'm good. And I think what we ended up doing was we did our truly our first work from home that yeah. day, like long before people knew what that was. And I remember looking at both you and Kristen and saying, just go, like, don't even worry about it. Like, I totally trust you. Like, I'm not going back in that building. I don't know, you know, and I don't expect you to either. And, and we laugh about it now, but like, that was a moment, right? There was a leadership moment um, where we had the opportunity to support each other and you know, embrace flexibility. And, you know, no, no deliverables were missed. We were completely fine. Um, so yeah, Matt, do you remember that the, the earthquake? I, I sure do. I, uh, I remember, uh, I think it was Rob Grenewald at the time, you know, walking out and I saw him almost surfing uh, and said, yeah, this is this, we need, we need to, 
exfil from uh, where we are right now. Uh, and, and, you know, certainly the, the knowledge that aftershocks happen uh, and oftentimes are, are worse than the, uh, the original thing. Uh, yeah, I had, actually had a few earthquakes that we withstood in, in Afghanistan to following mm-hmm. that. So I was very well uh, prepared for that. Uh, it's another sort of foundational piece that I uh, didn't quite anticipate uh, serving me well later in, in my life. But um, yeah, I think we were also lucky that we had tools uh, to your point of being able to go work from home at the time. I think it was, uh, was the same time was the, the IBM same product time. at the, at, at the time, uh, maybe it's still around, um, but on the kind of forefront of, of, communication and, and being able to do those kinds of things. And, you know, I think IBM at the time, obviously already a, a virtual kind of remote company in a lot of ways that, um, that, that, you know, built the foundation for, for that, um, early on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Kristen, do you remember that day where you, I think you were there that same day or were you another part of the region? No, I was with you. I distinctly yeah. remember you looking at us being like, we are not going back in that building. And I remember my husband, Matt, um, was like on a soccer field being like, the f- ground is moving. What is happening? You need to get out of wherever you are. Um, and Eisenhower Avenue, that building was old. So we yes. were very smart to not go back in that building. Yeah, um, it was it was certainly one of those times where, you know, the more we learned about it afterwards, because everybody was trying to figure out what it was. And I remember at one point, you know, because I went home and my husband at the time said that everybody was confused and scared, right? People on K Street thought it might have been a bomb um, because, you know, um, the the sound of the buildings, plus, you know, is the East Coast. These buildings are not built to code for earthquakes, right? So um, glass shattered, things snapped. I remember one thing was really interesting was we got home and we thought like everything, we thought things were going to be off the walls and dishes down and um, there's one thing that had fallen over, but then ironically, one of the windows in our apartment never opened again, right? So the building morphed in such a way that it could, like, it, it just was never going to open again, um, which I thought was really interesting. And every time I went to go try and open that window, I was reminded, oh, that's right, we had an earthquake. Um, and there were cracks in the Washington Monument, right? Remember, the Washington Monument was closed for um, uh, refurbishing for, for years after that, um, to my knowledge. Yeah. Um, Matt, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about, if you can, and if, and if you're willing to, a little bit about the time you had in Afghanistan, and then I'll couch it with, obviously, a lot has happened in Afghanistan these past couple of years. And I know, for me personally, a number of uh, friends and veterans who'd been there watching everything that happened and went down was really a challenging, traumatic um, response for them. I'm curious... Um, for you reflecting back on what you did and, and everything that's happened in the world, you know, how are you now looking back on that time? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting uh, question, Bill, and I don't, you know, pretend to be a policy expert or, um, you know, be able to speak for a lot of things. So I can speak from my own personal, you know, feelings and, and experiences around that. But you know, I, I we landed in the country and had an effort that was already involved to, um, do economic development work at, at its core of, you know, helping run a, a growth accelerator and incubator for organizations that were looking to, to build on the kind of nascent internet economy um, in, in Afghanistan and, and, and software development kind of taking, taking shape, um, as well as a, a small growth equity 
um, and growth credit facility, which you know was was marginally successful in in some uh, places. We uh, did a credit deal for a uh, an ice cream manufacturer, which was probably my favorite thing that I worked on. I, you know, person with a pretty big sweet tooth. So uh, it was great for me to go over and be able to eat ice cream treats and um, and also support this organization that uh, that I really got to know very well and care about. But, um, you know, it certainly spent most of my time there at the height of the, the troop surge, so a very active conflict zone, um, but had the opportunity to travel all over the country and meet a tremendous amount of people from you know, not just the, the military and, and, you know, nonprofit sectors and uh, government, uh, but really like Afghan people themselves. Um, and I, I think that holds an especially um, important, like, place in, in, in my heart, um, just the warmth and hospitable, uh, hospitality uh, of, of uh, people, um, as well as just you know, the realization that, that people are really just, we're the same uh, at our core all over mm-hmm. the world and, and in whatever circumstance. And um, yeah, it was interesting watching the, um, you know, when the Taliban ultimately took Kabul um, and, and watching the, the events unfold uh, was, was really, um, you know, certainly traumatic for, for everybody involved with that, but also for, uh, for my friends and people that had spent a lot of time in the country, just, just, it was a, uh, you know, it was glued to the TV and Twitter and just trying to, to process all of that and feeling like a part of, of me was was lost along with that. Um, and, you know, some pretty heroic efforts, I know, from uh, people that I've worked with in the past and um, that, that still um, support a lot of uh, operations in the country um, and, you know, had the unique perspective of a friend of mine who served as an advisor to the president um, at the time, and you know, being in the uh, being in Marine One on the way to Camp David, um, talking about the you know our um, evacuation from Afghanistan and uh, and President Biden saying you know did did I do the right thing and putting this person who served in the military in a kind of awkward position of of having to comment uh, on this and. Um, and kind of said to him, sir, I, I'm just, I'm happy that my kid will never have to go back and, and fight in this war. Uh, and, and President Biden giving him a, a big, big hug after that. So sort of the, the weight and gravity of, of that situation, um, you know, I think which, which is something that, that all of us who have spent time in that country um, feel for, for a lot of reasons. Um, and... Uh, whether that's unaccomplished goals or you know, people that that we've lost uh, uh, in 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 the process, um, or just the downfall of the country itself, which showed a lot of promise, was was really impactful, and um, I think is is a lesson that we can draw for a lot of the conflicts that that we're in now, and how we think about nation building and um, mm-hmm. and, and things like that. But um, I, it was interesting. I was in a <laughs> In an Uber uh, two weeks ago in, in Milwaukee, and, and the guy who had picked me up was actually a refugee from Afghanistan who had left on uh, one of the planes um, that got out oh, uh, wow. from the airport. And, um, you know, we had 15 minutes together from the airport to my hotel, and um, we were talking about how there's no Afghan food in, in Milwaukee. Uh, where I was, and uh, he said, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about starting a restaurant here. 
Uh, and I said, I can't wait to come back. And he was like, no, I'm, I'm going to give you my phone number uh, and I'm going to come make Bolani uh, at my house the next time you, you come into town. And it was just, just this amazing connection between two people who like otherwise would normally have nothing to talk about. And, you know, having mm -hmm. lived in New York City for a long time, too, I sort of put on the blinders of talking to cab drivers uh, sometimes and just appreciate the silence. So. Um, yeah, a, a really just transformative experience in, in so many ways. But, um, you know, I, I think built again on this foundation of, uh, of trust and, and, and hospitality and, you know, that the equalness of, of people that I think is a lesson that, uh, that I've drawn, you know, certainly from my um, experiences with, with you, Bill, um, and, uh, and just what it means to be a good person in this world, too. Yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing that. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting, obviously, you know, people that, you know, including my spouse are going through very similar yeah. you know, experience yeah. with Ukraine right now. Um, and, and so, you know, to your point around the lessons we have to learn as humans, um, we are still learning them, but I love that story, um, of the connections you can make, you know, in a new, in a completely different city from someone who, walked in the same places you walked and you have the same love and appreciation for the food and the culture. And, you know, that's what it goes down to is somebody saying, Hey, here's my, here's my, my cell, my home number. Like right. I want to make a meal with you. Like let's break bread. I mean, if, if we could spend more time breaking bread, I think we wouldn't have these instances where, you know, we're breaking spirits and breaking lives and breaking, you know, um, entire countries. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, Kristen, as, as, as we think about the veterans piece, because when Matt was talking just now about, you know, Afghanistan and, um, you know, the pullout of Afghanistan, I follow very closely, obviously, the, you know, organizations like the Iraq Afghanistan Veterans of America, Minority Veterans of America, I, I do a lot of work with veterans. And, and you, you got to work in that space quite a bit from, you know, your time at IBM and, and working on this really important part of making sure that the benefits could get to them, you know, all of the stuff that's done, whether it's systems or processes, I mean, ultimately the other end of it is somebody who needs to heal. So I'd love to hear your thoughts kind of on, you know, you spent a lot of time in that space. You're still kind of in the government space. Um, you mentioned at the beginning of it that you are very mission driven. Um, and I think what a, what a fortune this has been for both of you know, both or all of us to get to have careers that play so closely to um, public service, right? Without necessarily having the risks per se. But I would just welcome any any of your thoughts, you know, Kristen, as you kind of reflect on that too, because you've you've given more service to those who serve than than most in this country as well. Yeah, um, it's really such a mind shift thing. Uh, shift, I should say, is. You're thinking about, you know, just an HR system, right? It could just at its very face value, just an HR system. But then you think about, well, what goes into that HR system? Okay, so the supervisors have to go in and do all this work or they need to hire someone and it's tied to this HR system in some way. And now all of a sudden you're thinking about, well, who are those supervisors? Those supervisors are doctors and nurses that are on the ground in hospitals caring for our veterans. And, 
every additional minute or 30 seconds or hour that they step away to have to get stuck or bogged down in system transactions is time they're not spending with the people that really need their care. Um, and so for the years that I supported the Department of Veterans Affairs program, we very often were working closely with VHA and our partners at the headquarters office to say, how do we make this easier for the people that are using our system? Because we do know every minute counts. We do know every hour that we can give them back is an hour that actually will make a difference in someone's day, in someone's care, in someone's health. Um, and it really, it, it's so momentous when you think about it in that, from that perspective. Um, and so you know, in the day to day, it's it's easy to forget that. And then we would go and sit down with the VA in like a basement office for a sequester with all the veterans administrations there to talk about um, their needs and how we can make the system easier for them to use and for their end users to use. And we would talk to folks that work directly with doctors that would be getting calls from managers and getting calls from doctors saying, I need help here. I can't do this work. Um, and so we took the team takes that so seriously. Like it is an honor and a privilege to be able to make an impact even in a small way. And you want to just leave them with the best experience possible, make their jobs as easy as possible. Um, and it's really just been such, it was a, such an incredible experience. The team that supports that program is just truly like none other. It's grown significantly over the years and it's incredible that amazing talent and people that are so mission focused on that program. Like every really, everyone really understands that what they're doing makes a difference to our veterans. And that's really like what they're showing up day in and day out to do. It's just incredible. Yeah. I think, um, it's really, you know, it's one of those things that, um, unless you're, unless you're intentional about it, it's, it's, it's easy to sort of forget all the inner workings that make these things, uh, flow. And, and, you know, one of the things that I'm very conscious of, and I'm sure both of you are as well, is, you know, when when you get to work in the spaces that we got to work in as private citizens, but in a public service capacity, you think differently about paying taxes, right? You think differently about funding that's gathered and how it's allocated. Um, and, you know, I will never forget, like, the first time that I realized how funding was done in the Pentagon or where, you know, amounts of money are sort of left off at the end of a fiscal year. And it, there's this, you know, demand and urgency to, hey, we have to spend it all down because we have to prove that we spent it in order to get the next budget. And I thought that was just so backwards. I was like, wait a minute. So you're telling me the only way to guarantee the future funding is to prove that you spent it all frivolously <laughs> without <laughs> results. And obviously that's changed. Uh, you know, quite a bit since since the days of me walking, you know, the puzzle palace, as they called it, but but not too much, right? It's still the way that funding is given down from the Hill into the agencies and so forth and so on. And I think, you know, one of the things you talk about, Kristen, and I think so much work goes into this, the the ability to have transparency for people, right? To understand how decisions get made, processes flow, um, is really important in systems because it's through that transparency that you can build empowerment and that you can enable people to get their job done. And, and what you're talking about is you're talking about health providers. You're talking about people who 
are, you know, spending time with men and women who, you know, just last year, we got that bill passed on the Hill for the, you know, the people who have been affected by the burn pits, right? And they're dealing with um, cancer and issues that are, you know, enduring in their life. And each time we think like, oh, this process is sufficient, if it takes a doctor away from someone, if it if it has them spending more time in front of a screen than in front of the 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 patient or the human, then that's that's a problem. We got to fix that. So it to me, having seen it from the inner workings, like all of us have, it's it's like a PhD level class in understanding how it goes from the taxes you pay to the benefit to a person, and that's one of the things I always encourage people to do. Obviously, all three of us care a lot about service, public service in very different ways. You know, for people that are listening, you don't have to join the military like I did, right? There's so many different ways. You can join Peace Corps, you can do AmeriCorps, you can go into consulting and do public service. Um, there's so many avenues to understand how this country works and uniquely what makes us distinct in that. Um, you know, as we look at the different regimes and countries and governments and, uh, author, you know, authoritarian, right, around the world. Uh, that's not not taken lightly and not to be forgotten. So I appreciate you kind of sharing that. And and one last thing, Kristen, for you on the, on the VA stuff, because I watched it closely. I'm curious, have you seen uh, any of the coverage lately about the VA motto change? Do you know anything about that? No, I have not. I've been okay. following other things that have been in the news <laughs> regarding the VA, um, yeah. but have not heard. So, is that is there a new proposed motto? There is, yeah. So, as as you as you both know, having you know been outside of Veterans Affairs and VHA buildings, they always have the plaque outside that has kind of the original what it was for, and 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 it says essentially, you know, it's it's very it says men, right? It, it obviously when it was written and it was first founded, uh, it it focused on that one gender. And so um, the, the, I think the proposed one, I'm, I'm, I'm watching literally on my phone as things kind of go by uh, with some updates today. Um, I think today at 2 p.m., or this might have been yesterday, Secretary Dennis, Dennis McDonough, another Irishman, by the way, will hold mm -hmm. a special event to announce the motto of the uh, Veterans Affairs will be changing. After over 64 years, the department will finally amend the exclusionary motto a call advocates have been asking for for years. Uh, so there's a statement from you know groups like the Minority Veterans of America saying they're grateful to see the end of this era and usher in a new motto that's reflective of the changing veterans community. The change was made possible by fighters who continue to raise the alarm even when folks said it didn't matter and it wasn't significant to the VA care. Um, and so I believe the motto now says, and I'll have to, if, if this isn't accurate, I can correct it in the post notes, but now says to fulfill President Lincoln's promise to care for those who have served in our nation's military and for their families, caregivers, and survivors. So to me, what's really fascinating about that is the element of, and for their families, caregivers, and survivors. There's three entire orbits of people that are not quote unquote veterans, but very much live the veterans experience. So I wanted to share that with you um, and let you know that that was kind of some late breaking stuff. Yeah, I, I did notice, I, I think I was 
watch, I think I was reading a report on diversity and inclusion. I can't remember from what organization, but there's definitely a push to including, I mean, at least spouses of folks that were in the military in some of the reporting, um, just because if you think about for every time someone is deployed or relocated to a different base in the U.S., their spouse is uprooted from a job. And so I thought it was amazing to see that they were tracking um, like representation of spouses in leadership and the diversity, you know, in the makeup of the federal organization, I should say. Mm -hmm. I think that's an, that's an awesome change. And uh, I mean, I, I have a medical, a medical provider uh, in my future, which is soon to be spouse here who uh, you know, treats cancer patients. And I think that's something certainly in the behavioral medicine space that has also taken shape of understanding this both integrated and holistic means of, of providing treatment or providing services for patient or, uh, or warfighter or veteran, um, we're going to define it. Um, and just thinking about the the community around that also, um, and you know, it's it, it's something that you know it goes back to this idea of the pandemic before we had a pandemic of of loneliness and um, and mm. and just being at it alone. And I think this harkens back to the original uh, beginning of of the discussion that we started to have here around these you know unique aspects around a familial environment, right? And, and that all of these things can make us better um, if we have the foundational aspects around that, that that provide for those opportunities and provide for care in whatever form that takes, whether that is helping build each other professionally, helping, um, you know, deal with, with uh, challenging uh, medical or physiological issues um, or, you know, in, in the case of the VA, right, just experiences and also, um, you know, significant uh, traumas and experiences that, that others have, have faced as well. So uh, a, a tremendous evolution in, in a lot of fronts, um, but awesome to see that taking shape in, in that organization too, which um, expanding the mission on that is, is fantastic. Yeah. And I think I really like what you said, you know, Matt, and this is kind of, I'll kind of, uh, prepares to, to wrap up and close here. But this aspect of what you just said reminded me probably why all three of us got into this work in the first place in sort of leading change and doing change management. I think at our core, every one of us wants to make the world a less lonely place, right? And I think whether we're running through the Pentagon <laughs> to give tours, uh, running up a very long escalator in Roslyn. <laughs> and for those who have done it, you know what that is. And Kristen did it in heels. Uh, so kudos <laughs> to Kristen and, and many people who still do that run up the escalator. Um, but that's, I think, I think back to that, right? The reason we were probably all so successful is because at the heart of it, we just wanted to make sure that none of us felt lonely, that we did our best work and that we were kind of seen and, and, and understood, you know, amidst all this change. And here we are, you know, a decade plus later, and, you know, have been around the world and back, all of us uh, have brought new family members into this world, are about to, you know, have, uh, you know, start a family. Um, and I'm just honored to get to reunite with you both and 
let that be a sort of a testimony and a testament to what really mattered. And thank you both for allowing me to show up as a leader from a place of heart space, right? I Many times I was probably getting a lot of advice from other people, um, but you both allowed me to show up to be the leader I wanted. And as a result, our our team benefited, our customer benefited, and I think all of us did as well. So I want to say thank you both for for joining, um, sharing your stories, and uh, congratulations to you both and everything you're doing. And as uh, as my spouse said, let's let's make sure there's a visit here soon. Certainly, yeah. Well, thanks for having us, Bill. 